Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to talk about how to live with an unbelieving spouse. So I know that we're going to be talking about how to live with an unbelieving spouse. So essentially it's unequally yoked marriages. And we know that many, most of our listeners are um, in a equally yoked marriage where both are believers. But um, uh, a relevant uh, other relationship type is a marriage where the husband or the wife is not following or obeying the word. So they may not be unbelievers, but they're not walking it. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not um, unequally yoked, you're not mm-hmm. married to an unbeliever, this, these, these ideas, these topics can still uh, benefit you in your marriage and how you can be as a husband or wife mm-hmm. toward a husband or wife who is not following the word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even for Christians who are obeying the word and are walking this out, um, this the things that we bring up today are just, mm-hmm. a, it's a good refresher. It's a good reminder of how we're supposed to be to one another. So we just want to mm-hmm. encourage everyone to listen in, to tune in today, and hopefully it would, it would just be an encouragement for you in your marriage. So, uh, as Jennifer said earlier, our, this question came from a listener. Mm-hmm. Um, we get questions all the time. Either they're left in the comments or they're left on our Facebook page or Instagram. And uh, we just, even though we haven't um, personally experienced this in our marriage, you know, both of us were raised Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, we were married as Christians. We've been Christians, even though we've, we've walked at different varying um, maturity levels. Uh, but we've always been Christians. So we don't have direct experience with being unequally yoked. Um, but the Bible has experience in all of those things. The Bible is good for um, teaching in all of these areas. And it's pretty awesome that the Bible doesn't leave out, that mm-hmm. God didn't forget about spouses who are married to unbelievers. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to bring up some scriptures um, in a little bit and talk about some stories that we've heard mm-hmm. uh, to encourage you if you are in that situation where you're a believer and your spouse is not. And uh, we know that the Word of God is good, and it's right, and it's true, so you know, hopefully we'll do it justice, and we'll, <laughs> we'll share with you what the Word teaches us on how to be in an in a unequally yoked relationship. So today we thought it would be um, a good way to just break through this content by um, sharing four points that um, we are going to sift through and just walk through together. So the first point is get the right perspective. Have God's perspective of your marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. And uh, just going into this first one, I wanted to share a a brief story of a testimony we heard years ago Mm -hmm. um, when we were... um, we were going to a marriage ministry at the time, and this couple uh, w- w- was sharing from the stage their their testimony of what Christ did in their relationship, what how God moved in their marriage. Yeah. And um, do you want to share a little bit from 
what you heard from the stage that night? Well, I remember that the husband was going through um, on a way extreme level of things that I've struggled with, you know, pornography. Mm -hmm. And then he went even further in in actual having relationships with prostitutes and just Mm -hmm. a totally disgusting, destroyed, broken um, person married to a woman who loved God. Mm -hmm. And they both were Christians, but one just gave himself over to sin and depravity. And their testimony on how she walked with this man was not just inspirational, but it truly showed the gospel. It was so powerful. I remember sitting there and the pastor asking her the next question, which mm. is, how did you do it? How did you endure those yeah. years of him walking through that sin and, and remaining faithful to him? And she said this. She said, I... I knew in my heart that I had to see him as a brother in Christ, and I had to see him as Christ sees him, which is he needs salvation. He needed to believe mm. in who God was, and um, and she was convinced that his heart and his salvation was more important than anything else. And that was that was such an impactful story. I still remember it to this day. And so when I hear those stories of redemption and reconciliation of a totally broken marriage and you're like how could like when we heard it it's like man i don't know how i would deal with that yeah everybody was crying in the audience yeah everybody you just realize the power of of god Mm -hmm. in people's lives when they let god work when they have a heavenly perspective so like Mm -hmm. you were just saying that when we have god's perspective because in those situations like i said all of us are thinking like man i don't know if i could do that It's because we only have one perspective and our perspective is like, I would never want to walk in that. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think too, when it comes to our perspectives is I want you to love me. You know, I want my spouse to mm. love me. I want to I be able to suffer. love them. I, yeah. I don't want to suffer. Yeah. Um, but if we have God's perspective, we realize God loves our spouse more than even we do. And I think that's really mm-hmm. important to know that God, God loves our spouse. God mm-hmm. loves their hearts and wants their hearts and desires that um, a husband and wife chase after him together and so that's that's god's perspective hey we just wanted to take a quick break from this week's episode to invite you and your spouse to take jennifer and i's 31 day marriage prayer challenge we wrote 31 prayers for my husband and 31 prayers for my wife to encourage couples in their prayer life for one another so if you're interested in taking our challenge as thousands of couples have already done please go to marriageaftergod.com forward slash challenge at the end of this episode and you'll get more information about the challenge Thousands of couples have already gone through this prayer challenge, and we're so excited to be able to extend this to you and invite you to participate. We dare your marriage. Yeah, and a wrong perspective to have, we've, um, you know, we've heard this time and time again is, oh, God wants me to be happy, therefore I'm just going to leave my spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? God does want us to be, have joy, but His intention for us is not our happiness. Mm-hmm. It's our holiness. It's our maturity. It's our growth. It's our obedience. And so uh, having the perspective of, well, God wants me happy. You know what's going to happen in your life? You're always going to be running away from things that are hard. Yeah. Because you're like, well, God doesn't want that for me. He wants me to only be happy. And you know how many things there are in life that are difficult or painful and God wants those for us? And so it's hard for us to, if we have that perspective of just God wants, first of all, it's not biblical. It's wrong. Um, but if we have that perspective, we're never going to pursue what God wants. Yeah. We're always going to be running to comfort. And you know, there's a lot of things in life that God has us walk through and desires for us that are uncomfortable, but they mature us, they grow us, they give us perseverance, they give us hope for a future. This, this is what the Bible talks mm-hmm. about. And so the heavenly perspective, the godly perspective is recognizing like, oh, actually God has something to be done in our marriage. He cares about my spouse 
more than I do. Mm-hmm. And he wants me to walk out my life a certain way to be, be a ministry in my home, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's the perspective we need to have is what, what does the Bible say? What does God say? And how can I shift my mind off that? And like that woman that decided I need to start seeing my husband in this way. Mm-hmm. She changed her perspective from my marriage is falling apart. My husband doesn't love me. My husband's cheating on me. My husband's all having things that are true. Having every reason to walk having away. Having every reason to walk away. And she changed her perspective of like, I'm not going to see him that uh, as I was before. I'm going to see him now as a brother who needs Mm-hmm. Jesus and the truth of the word mm-hmm. and I'm going to start praying for him I'm going to start loving him in that way now I also remember she did say she set boundaries in that relationship sure. but she sure. didn't stop loving him mm-hmm. she didn't stop uh, you know praying for him and preaching to him and mm-hmm. encouraging him and asking the Holy Spirit to change him mm-hmm. which one of the um, points that we have down for having a godly perspective is that your marriage is a ministry mm-hmm. so can you share a little bit about what does what does that look like what does that mean that your marriage is a ministry and that you know what does that mean for a husband and a wife well the the base level of what our marriage is being a ministry means is the very meaning of our marriage is the white white guy created them the, the symbol that they represent mm-hmm. you know the wife represents the church mm-hmm. and the husband represents Christ and that's the symbol that that marriage is and so you have you know what did Christ come to do he came to reconcile the church to the father right mm-hmm. he came to heal the church he came to forgive the church and to be a, a a sacrifice for the church and so you see this relationship of Christ sacrificing himself for a cheating lying, abusive, you know, destructive church, Mm -hmm. a body, Mm -hmm. people, and he redeems them. Mm -hmm. And you see, so instead of him leaving and divorcing them and, you know, throwing them to the side, you know, or not walking out what the father called him to do. Yeah. Or not walking out what the father called him to do. He comes for them and he dies for them and reconciles them to the father still. And that's what he does does for us. That's Mm -hmm. the gospel. Like, oh, yet while we were still sinners, he died for us. Mm -hmm. That he forgave me, that he's reconciled me, that he's given me the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so you have the the symbol of marriage being a symbol of the gospel, Mm -hmm. Christ and the church, and and what that means. And so that in itself is a ministry, is that when you are walking out rightly um, in a mature, biblical, godly marriage, Mm -hmm. you're representing the the gospel to the world. Yeah, and by and through every interaction that you have with your spouse, you are like through forgiveness, through love, through um, mm-hmm. grace, and sharing all these things with your spouse. You're actually showing him the Father heart of God. Like you are being that yeah. that ministry of reconciliation, where you're you're drawing them closer to God through yeah, the way that you are. You're practicing reconciling. Yeah, you know, and that's the second part of the, this idea of ministry is uh, your marriage being your first ministry means the first place you minister, the first place you preach the gospel, the first place you love and protect, and the first place that you serve. you serve mm-hmm. is in your marriage to your to your spouse. Yeah. You know, I serve you, I love you, Mm -hmm. I preach the gospel to you, I wash you in the word as um, Ephesians 5, um, 25 tells me to do. And that's my first ministry. I cannot neglect this ministry to my wife and go and fulfill another ministry, right? So when it comes to you being in a marriage with an unbelieving spouse, the first person you're going to be preaching the gospel, that doesn't mean you can't be doing ministry elsewhere, you know, serving your church or at an orphanage or, you know, whatever God's given you as a ministry in your life that you're just gifted in. But your spouse, that's the person that God wants you to minister to today, mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. with the way you are at home, with how you talk, with how you, and we're going to get to a, a, some yeah. scripture that talks about that. Mm-hmm. But 
your spouse, your unbelieving spouse is the first person that you're called to minister to. Mm -hmm. That's good. Okay, so moving on to number two, you're going to share a little bit more about this, but it's don't leave. Yeah. Don't leave. So we just talked about the beauty of that story of that, that husband and wife, the husband who was just totally broken, totally destitute, totally just running away from his wife and, sh- and treating her, you know, not the way a husband should be treating mm-hmm. her. And she took it from the from the Holy Spirit to be like, oh, this is my ministry. Mm-hmm. And instead of leaving when she probably could have, and no one would have judged her, <laughs> she stayed. And I just want to read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 12. It's a few scriptures, and I'm going to pull out a few things from this. It says, to the rest I say, so I'll step back a little bit. In a few verses earlier, he's talking to Christian marrieds that are, that are equally yoked. Um, and, but then he goes to the people that are unequally yoked. And he says, to the rest I say, I, not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. But if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? First of all, the fact that this is in the Bible, that, that, that Paul's like, hey, actually, I'm going to talk to those believers who have a husband or a wife who aren't believers. And do you know why this is here? Because up until this point, there was, this wouldn't have existed. There was, you know, it was, a, it was a law in the Jewish culture that you would not marry outside of the Jewish culture, that you, you didn't intermarry. That was a law. It was, a law. It was, it was unheard of, right? It was, you were unclean if you did so. But now all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's coming to the world, Jesus Christ out on the cross, and people are getting saved left and right. And it was common at this point for a a woman or a a man to come to the Lord apart from their husband, and then they get home and their husband husband or wife is not a believer. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like they were all coming together to the Lord, and and that probably happened in a lot of cases, but you probably had this often. And Paul's saying, actually, I'm going to say to the rest of you who have come to the Lord and your spouse has not, this is how you should live. But he says, so, so he says, if your unbelieving spouse doesn't want to leave, meaning you're married and they realize you're a Christian, they're like, oh, you're a, you believe in Jesus? You're going to follow Jesus? And they say like, okay, I still love you. Let's, let's do this. And they're still an unbeliever, but they don't want to leave you. Paul's saying like, don't leave. Yeah. Like stay there. Why, why do you feel like he's saying stay there? Well, I love it. It's, it explains it at the end. Because it's like that, I, that big old question of the future. How do you know? What if you yeah. help bring that person to the Lord? Well, and think about it. This, the marriage relationship, this this binding of two bodies, the same household, being in this you know same home under the same roof mm-hmm. forever, right? Like every day, day after day, hour after hour, it's the perfect environment <laughs> to preach the gospel, it's right? True. Like your spouse, that's the unbelieving spouse can't leave, mm-hmm. right? If, especially if they want to be there. And with your life and your actions and your words, mm-hmm. you're preaching the gospel to them every single day. Mm-hmm. You're loving them, you're encouraging them, you're praying for them, and they're like, this is this woman's a different woman, this man's a different man. Yeah. Um, it is I, a perfect oh, setup. I think of the movie, money. yeah, I think of the movie um, Case for Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a good movie. Yeah, Lee Strobel, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And his wife comes to the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
And she just starts praying for him and living out the Christian life in front of him and never leaves him, even though she's just she's just praying out to the Lord and crying out to the Lord, Lord, change his heart. Mm-hmm. Why is it like this? And he struggled. Yeah. You know, and he didn't want to leave right away, but like sort of like was like, if you don't change, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened? He came to the Lord. This is a true story. Yeah. He came to the Lord because of his wife and her persistence in walking out the gospel as a believer. And that that's what this is saying is, you know, don't leave because who knows, husband, if your unbelieving wife won't get saved because of your life. You know, who knows, wife, if your unbelieving husband won't get saved because of your life. And I just think that is so beautiful Mm -hmm. that God thought it, not, didn't didn't think about it. He knew it was important to put this in here so that we weren't floundering and be like, well, I don't know how I'm supposed to to do this. So I love that you brought up uh, that that story of Lee Strobel and how his wife was praying for him because our next point is, Pray for them and pray for yourself. So it's really important that we have Hmm. um, dedicated prayer time for our spouses. Whether we're unequally yoked or equally yoked, prayer is so essential for the Christian life. Mm -hmm. And so um, the first thing that I would say is pray for their salvation. Pray for your spouse's salvation because that is ultimately the goal. Like we want. That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. We want our spouses to know who God is. Um, The second thing you can pray for is endurance for yourself as you live out your Christian life in front of them, that you are Mm -hmm. a consistent and um, just a good example of who Christ is. Well, and and the endurance, the other side of endurance is, you know, emotionally, Mm -hmm. like we we couldn't imagine what this, that one wife was going through with her husband or what any spouse is going through when they love the Lord and their husband or their wife is just far mm-hmm. from God and that turmoil, that emotional yep. and, and spiritual turmoil. So praying for endurance and peace and peace mm-hmm. and joy so that you can stand up under the weight of that tri- this trial that you are in, that God's allowed you to be in mm-hmm. so that you don't crumble. That's good. You know, just ask God, God, fill me more with your power and your authority and your spirit and just give me more strength to go another day, to go another day, to go another day so that you don't lose heart mm. in, in your current circumstances, in your marriage. And, you know, in, in doing that, you're, you're praying for your whole marriage, your, your spouse too, your unbelieving spouse, mm-hmm. because as long as you have endurance, you, you're going to, you're going to last longer than your, your spouse will in this, in this, uh, um, Engagement, this interaction, you know, of a believing spouse and an unbelieving spouse, and so yeah. Uh, what was the last uh, one? The, the last one was just that God's love would be so rich and deep in your relationship, even mm. though your spouse isn't necessarily walking with God or isn't saved yet. Um, just that His love would mm. be um, immersed throughout your home because of what you are doing, um, and just praying that God's love reaches their heart. Um, but I did want to share a little bit about how prayer kind of just has, um, bit of been a vital, uh, part of our life and our circumstances, especially in the beginning when I was kind of turning my heart away from God because I was mm-hmm. so frustrated with our circumstances. So we, yeah, we prayed. I, I prayed a lot. I feel um, like you were more faithful to praying at that time than I was yeah. because I, my heart, my heart was literally hardening Mm-hmm. Because of our circumstances, and, and mine was too. I was, I felt, I was, I felt like I was getting more and more angry at God, but mm-hmm. I never stopped praying because I felt like that was the only way I was even connecting to God. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't even know where we're at, God, but I need help. Yeah. And the reason I kept praying is because I realized early on, and this is just a truth for life, that no one, not a single person in the world, can change another person's heart. Mm-hmm. 
We just can't. can't I couldn't have changed your heart and you couldn't have changed mine. You cannot change your spouse's heart. You just can't. We have, we, we don't have that power. Uh, and so prayer is saying, Lord, you do it. Lord, send your Holy Spirit to minister to my spouse, Mm -hmm. to change them, to transform them, to invite them into a relationship with you. And yes, we can be an example to them, which we're going to talk about in a second. We can be, um, we can be a light to them and we can be a catalyst for that to happen. We can be the evidence of what God does. Mm-hmm. But again, God is the only one who changes hearts. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when we tell our story, um, prayer is such an um, important part of that piece of the story that, mm-hmm. that kept our hearts close to God in a time when we were pulling away because of negative emotions. And so I just wanted to share that because I know that there's a lot of couples, even if they they claim to be Christians and they are equally yoked, but they're walking in a way that is hard. Circumstances are hard. Whatever they're enduring is hard. And maybe maybe one or both of them can feel their hearts are hardening. We want to be an encouragement to you guys and urge you to pray for one another, especially if, this, if, if your spouse isn't resistant to it. If your spouse mm-hmm. is willing to sit there and listen to a prayer that you pray out loud. I mean, when you did that for me, it changed me. It, it, mm-hmm. there, there was power there. Um, we, well, the Holy Spirit the, changed you. And- the Holy Holy Spirit was was there because you presented it to him and invited him to help us. And so I just think that that's really important. I want that to be an encouragement to those listening. We just wanted to take a quick break to ask you, if you are enjoying this content, would you please leave a star review and a comment review? This helps us spread the word about Marriage After God and and just all the episodes that we have to offer. And we would love uh, just to get that reach out there. So please, again, if you have a moment, just um, take that time to leave a star review and a comment review for us. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the episode. Well, and that's a good tip for you um, listening. It, it might be really scary, but start offering prayer to mm-hmm. your unbelieving spouse. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, is there anything I could pray for you today while you're at work? Mm-hmm. While you're, you know, at, you know, wherever you, whatever you're going to do today, can I just, I'm going to be praying and I'd love to pray for you. Yeah. And they might say, no, no, thank you. Or, I'm yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and then, but keep asking. Say, hey, today I just, I, I was praying for you today. I prayed that you would have had, that you had peace today. Did you have peace today? Oh, that's so cool to hear. And start letting them know that you're praying for them. And then, Pray for them actually out loud. Like if they say, sure, pray for them. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, you know, take their hand if they let you. Um, put your hand on them, you know, do physical touch and pray out loud, you know. And then they can actually hear God's heart in you yeah. for them, which is hugely powerful. And you never know, you never know what might come of that. They might say like, actually, I want what you have. Why, <laughs> how do you keep doing this? Yeah. How do you keep having this kind of spirit in you? And I want it. You know, because you're stable, you're you're not being tossed back and forth. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does for us we, when we just listen and we obey and we right. we trust in the Lord. We don't get tossed back and forth. Okay, that's such a good transition to the last point, which is be an example. Because mm-hmm. in order to be an example, you have to be consistent. You can't be tossed back and forth. You have to yeah. you have to pray. You have to um, walk out what the Bible says in your life every day. So it you know in being an example. You know, it, the Bible tells us to be like Christ, to follow in his example. Paul tells us, follow my example and what you've seen me live. You know, examples are our testimony mm-hmm. when we live it out. When we say one thing and do another, that's called hypocrisy. When we say one thing and we do what we say, that's called an example. <laughs> and so if you are a believer, if you love the Lord and your spouse is not, 
the most powerful thing you can do in their life is live out what the Bible calls you to live out, mm-hmm. is to be a Christian mm-hmm. in front of them, to them, for them, with them, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's some scriptures we're going to read, and it, it actually, the Bible tells us exactly what kind of example we could be and how powerful it is. In 1 Corinthians, we, you know, at the very end, it says, how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? How do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? This is literally saying, like, in you being in proximity in the marriage and remaining in the marriage, that your life could potentially, and your example could potentially, save your spouse. So why don't you read those scriptures, the I'm gonna, first set of scriptures. Yeah, I'm going to start with 1 Peter 3, 1 through 2. And it says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So this is a really powerful verse, and I, I just love that this verse is in here because it's mm-hmm. such an encouragement to the wife's heart. You know, earlier we talked about endurance and enduring the weight of having an unbelieving spouse. And there's power here in the way that we can conduct ourselves according to scripture according to god's word and um, it says respectful and pure conduct yeah right the pure conduct is is living out what this says yeah it's like your your conduct is pure before them because Mm -hmm. you're you're practicing righteousness before your spouse and it says right here that they may be one without a word like you don't even need to to go into explaining (laughs) why you're doing the things that you're doing although if they ask i mean by all means give them the answer because it's powerful but god's saying it's your conduct that's going to reveal right. it. Well, because the reality is you couldn't potentially, um, you you couldn't, in reality, I should say, speak to your spouse 24-7 about what the Word says and try and convince them mm-hmm. to become a Christian that way. Actions are so powerful. But they will see your actions yeah. all day, every day. So, mm-hmm. you, again, if you say one thing and do another, right. they're never going to believe you. They're not going to mm-hmm. see it as real. They're not going to, your life isn't going to betray the truth of what you say is yeah. truth. But if you, when you say things to them, yeah, you know, the reason I believe what the Bible says is because, you know, this is, you know, what God's done in my life and this is what I believe about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then when they see you act that way, mm-hmm. when they see you walk that way, they'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, I can't stop this. What's happening? Why, why is this person loving me so much, especially when I treat them this way or when I don't believe what they believe? Mm-hmm. Or So even though this is specifically talking to the wives and in her role and the way she can walk out the gospel in her marriage Mm -hmm. to an unbelieving spouse or uh, or a spouse that's not um, obeying the word, because we talked about in the beginning. So it could be an unbelieving spouse or it could be one that is totally disobedient, like that one husband in the beginning of our, our, you know, this episode. Um, But the principle can still work. Um, that we treat our spouse the way the Bible tells us to treat them when we walk out this gospel. And then actually, um, later on, in verse 7, it says how a husband can treat his wife. Mm-hmm. If you want to read that real Sure, quick. it says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So, the, again, this is a. Some people might think this verse is controversial, but I think it's a beautiful verse. You know, when the husband recognizes, like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, walk with my wife in an understanding way. I'm gonna show her that I understand her. I'm gonna work to learn her and love her. And again, you still, the husband still walks out Ephesians five twenty five in his marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. If you look at the gospel, and the husband represents Christ. 
he can be Christ to her in the marriage and, and be sacrificial in his love for her and wash her still in the word, even though she doesn't believe. He can still live out those biblical roles, mm-hmm. those biblical commands as a Christian husband to an unbelieving wife. Mm-hmm. And he can walk with her in an understanding way, um, recognizing that she is an heir with him to the grace of life, the grace that we've all been given that, through Christ. That goes back to that perspective that we were talking about in the beginning, having that godly perspective of right. who your spouse is. And so, you know, even though Jennifer and I have never personally experienced this, we don't have to. The Word of God is the thing that tells us how we're supposed to look at the world. Mm-hmm. We don't look at it through just our own opinions or even through just our own experiences because our experiences can be skewed. Our experiences can make us think a certain way that's not exactly biblical. But the Bible is unchanging, is um, inherent, and it is the thing that tells us how to see the world. Mm-hmm. And I think it's beautiful that God knew that we were going to need these this guidance on how to interact within a uh, a marriage where there's an un- unequally yoked relationship. Um, and lastly, the the most beautiful part about this is none of this has anything to do with just having a happy marriage, right? It, like it's not just to you know be healthy and happy and joyful and like oh if, as long if my husband got saved you know things would be much better, which they would be. But we have hardships in our marriage, and we're both yeah. believers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the, the point's not just to have a comfortable, happy marriage. The point is to be holy. And the point is, the, the salvation of your spouse's soul is the most important thing. This is why Christ came to the world. Mm-hmm. It is what God's doing in the world. Is He's, through Christ, reconciling people to himself, mm-hmm. that we would have eternity with him. Right? Mm-hmm. So as we've given all this encouragement to a spouse who may be married to an unbeliever Mm -hmm. or someone who isn't walking that way, what would you say to the person listening to us right now who is that spouse who's unbelieving or maybe isn't walking in obedience to God's word? So first of all, I'd say um, repent and believe in the Lord Jesus. Uh, It's the the truth that Jesus came to save us and that he he is reconciling us to the Father so that we can have a right relationship with Him. And without Him, there is nothing we can do to save ourselves. We need a Savior. We need to be renewed and regenerated and filled with the Holy Spirit that He's promised us that will empower us to walk in freedom and in strength and in authority. And so I would say if you don't believe that you should believe today and your spouse who's probably sharing this with you loves you so much that they would share with you the gospel Mm -hmm. that they want you to be saved that they want you to believe in the Lord Jesus so that you would be in heaven with them one day and that's that's our goal is that we want to be in eternity with our father in heaven and um, not an eternal separation from him and that's that's the truth that's the gospel and it's a good gospel. It's, a, it's called the good news. Mm-hmm. And it's reason. full of hope. I mean, I don't know how other people do it in this world without uh, the saving knowledge of Christ because with it in our lives and the hardships that we've endured, mm-hmm. there is hope. There's, there's a future and we are just, we're excited about it and it fuels us. Yeah. And no matter what happens in this life, like I said, it's not just about comfortable or, you know, um, happily ever after. It's, it's about an eternal hope. Yeah. Because, man, we know people that have gone through infinitely harder things than us. Mm-hmm. Um, there are currently Christians around the world being 
killed for their belief in Christ Mm -hmm. and persecuted. And you know what? I bet you those Christians are rejoicing as it's happening because we know, we we hear story after story after story of martyrs and people who believe in Jesus rejoicing because of the hope they have. And so, like I said, this gospel is not just that we would have a happy, comfortable life now, but it's that we have an eternal hope in Jesus Christ that we will spend eternity with our Father in heaven and that this life is temporary and there's going to be hard things and it's not going to always be easy. But we, like, I'm just going to keep repeating, we have hope. (laughs) It's a good good thing. So we thank you for joining us this week. We hope this was encouraging. We um, would encourage you to go back and read those scriptures for yourself. Uh, Don't just let us be the only ones teaching you the word of God. Don't let us be the only ones presenting to you these scriptures. Go open it for yourself. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to you and to teach you what this is saying. And do more study on this. What, what kind of woman, what kind of man does God want you to be, is, does the Bible teach us to be? So you can present that to your unbelieving spouse in the way you are in your life. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. The Word of God is, is complete. And it teaches us all things. And it, and it tells us how to be. And it, it gives us God's heart for us. So again, we thank you for joining us. And uh, we hope to see you next time. Did you enjoy today's show? Find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying or maybe you don't know what to pray or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.